drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. Episode 93 of Brew Bloods. We are back again. Back on the beer scene. The Gangsta Lane. Again. Again. We're, we're still here. here. Still here. We're, uh, we've got a little bit of uh, one-off this time. This is not a regular format episode. Uh, we're not going to be reviewing a beer. Well, we are reviewing a beer, actually. I was going to say. I don't know what you're talking about. But it's, it's not a normal a, format. It's not we a normal format. special guests. We have special guests. Actually, we were their guests. Yeah. So we went to Common Table a couple weeks ago, and we were interviewed by the North Texas Beer Podcast. We were. And they are, as the name describes, they are a beer podcast focused on the North Texas area. That it's a very good descriptive term or a, a descriptive uh, name for their show. It is on point. Yeah, it yeah, pretty much says what they are. Yeah, it's a lot more uh, self descriptive. They are what you would think they would be. Yeah, they're a lot more self descriptive than we are. Yeah. Uh, so we met these two guys up at the common table, which common table, uh, at least one of the founders of common table is responsible for creating the formerly Untapped Fest, aka Index Fest, which is uh, a big uh, beer festival here in Texas. Now, now it's beer, food, and music. Unt- uh, untapped, excuse me. Common Table is uh, a nice little gym in the middle of uh, Uptown. Uh, I would say Uptown. A lot of stuff going around uh, or going on around Uptown is a little douchey. It's a little, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little candle roomy. Uh, Common Table, you know, it's a nice little craft beer selective place. They yeah. have a lot of, uh, they get a lot of special stuff and hold on to it and then release it later, which I always yeah. like. You know, you forgot about something about two years ago and they've been. Uh, archiving it and uh i don't know it's just it's got a really cool setup in the middle of town it's like looks like an old house in yeah. the middle of all these large buildings and it's definitely a gym in the middle of dallas yeah it's really cool and i think they're actually building their second location up by uh jerry Str- jones star up in complex which is really weird it's going to be at, yeah it's going to be at the cowboys new practice facility the yeah. cowboys practice facility a lot of stuff going in up there but it yeah. just seems weird for common table to be there yeah, it does. But, but then again, Ginger Man, the Ginger Man, another craft beer spot in the heart of Dallas. I actually, they opened a spot up in the uh, Shops of Legacy. I was going to say, if you don't know the layout of uh, DFW, Frisco is quite a good distance from yeah. uptown, so kind of makes sense. So it's it's good enough, far enough. It's not going to, you know, eat at the traffic of the other one. Yeah, no, no. I mean, in basic traffic, you're probably from the heart of Dallas to Frisco. If you're lucky, you're looking at 45 minutes yeah. to get to Frisco. So Minimum, yeah. And with traffic, you're looking at an hour and a half. And I don't like traffic. I don't like traffic either. Yeah. So, yeah, common table, great place to eat, great place to drink. It is, yes. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's nothing to anybody it's, but us. It's right almost now. got a better uh, – the outdoor uh, area is almost as good as Mark's. It is. It's almost as good as this backyard we're sitting in right now. Yeah. It's way better than this. Yeah, so we it's met the, almost as good as yours. We met the two guys from uh, North Texas uh, Beer Podcast, and, and that week, this was as you're hearing this now, three weeks ago, I think. Sure, um, we were celebrating it's the release sometime in the past. Sometime in it, it was then. Yeah, and when will then be now? Well, now as you're hearing this, <laughs> that was now. But when you hear this, it'll, it'll this will also be then. Then will then be then will now be now. <laughs> this will so also be in the past, but that will be further in the past yes. than we did before. <laughs> but we were there to celebrate at Common Table the release of Bell's Brewery in yes. Texas. Something the lovely, has, lovely Bell's. Dustin's been looking forward to for a long time. Yes, Mark and calls me an Nkasi Homer and a Founders Homer, and yeah, he's definitely Bell's, Bell's is Homer. definitely number one. Yep, and uh, they, Cossie's up there, and uh, Founders is up there, but but, but uh, yeah, Bell's Two Hearted Ale, it's delicious, it's my favorite IPA of all time, so I was very excited. Used to mule this stuff back across state lines. In your butt. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It was very much like uh, Smokey and the Bandit, <laughs> yeah. but except with Bell's. In your butt, though. Well, you know, you don't know, that could have been part of Smoking the Bandit, too, <laughs> deleted true. scenes. That's true. And, uh, you Bell- don't know what Burt Reynolds was doing back there. That's true. Uh, Bell's did release, as you'll hear in the episode, uh, we did review their special release for Texas, the Amarillo, or am I right, uh, IPA. Yes. 
So, uh, right after this, you'll hear right uh, us it. getting interviewed by the North Texas Beer Podcast guys and reviewing the Bells Brewery uh, Amarillo or Am I Right IPA. Hello, this is Leroy. And this is Kyle. Oh, Mark <laughs> and Dustin. Yeah, I was gonna introduce like introduce us. Or, <laughs> well, it's, it's weird because I think we're gonna release this as a dual episode, so it'll other than intros and stuff, it'll probably be the same episode across two things, but. Right. We are here, uh, North Texas Beer Podcast and Brew Bud, Brew Bloods. Yeah. You've only had one beer. Uh, <laughs> I don't sleep anymore. <laughs> I work too much. Uh, so we're doing a crossover episode with these guys. Brew Bloods. So I don't know. It's hard to say. Don't. It's, it's okay. It's like yeah. It is. Yeah. It kind it's of is. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's or, just or like brewery. Brewery. Or charcuterie. Charcuterie. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. So this is kind of cool because you are the other prominent Dallas beer podcast. The only one I've been able to find. I mean, are there any other beer podcasts here in the I guess that makes us the prominent beer podcast <laughs> in Dallas. Then. We're prominent by default, um, not because no, of quality. I think as far as beer podcasts go, uh, the only, I don't want to say we're even notable, but the other notable podcast in Texas is the Beerus. So they're probably the biggest. But they, yeah, but they're in Austin. True. Yeah, I'm thinking Dallas-based. I didn't know if there were any other. Yeah, to, Dallas-wise, I don't know. I mean, Lakewood has their own podcast, but yeah, they, that's true. That's true. They yeah, there's some individual ones, but yeah, yeah I wouldn't yeah. say but an independent podcast. podcast? No. Probably not. Yeah, and I mentioned this on our in the North Texas Beer Podcast intro that we definitely have our podcasts are different enough that we can coexist pretty kindly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we're definitely more review oriented. I think overall, we we do interviews, but it's only sporadically. As yeah. when we go out of town or somebody rolls. Yeah, out when, town. when we can find someone. Well, and that's yeah. the big the big thing is you guys also cover outside of Dallas, like not just sure. Texas, but yeah. other states too. And so we're we're kind of more focused on the kind yeah of and then, beer culture here. In yeah, Dallas. we're very specifically just interviewing people involved in the North Texas beer scene. Yeah, so. we're, yeah, we try to go uh, big, small, big, small, or or. Uh-huh. You know, local, local, national, local, national, local, national. Those but are. you know, if you get some opportunity to interview someone from like one of the original uh, yeah. original people from founders, I mean, you have to take that. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Take and that we chance. we actually interviewed somebody outside of North Texas, but the excuse is that he was a North Texas sales rep. Oh, okay. So we gotcha. grabbed the Avery sales rep, uh, probably on our one of our last episodes. I think it was, think it was the last episode. No, Four Corners. No, it was after Four Corners. Was it? I think so. Yeah. My sense of time is all <laughs> up right now. <laughs> So how did you guys start the Brew Bloods? Uh, well, we've been podcasting for a long time. Uh, we started, uh, well, I should say we've been we've been friends in seventh grade. So that oh, goes wow. way back. Yeah. To 1992. Somewhere in there. Jeez. We're old. Yeah. Yeah. So we, grew, we both grew up in Abilene, Texas, West wow. Texas. Okay. And uh, um, our moms were friends from way back. And then uh, we just happened to kind of reunite and they kind of reunited after we met in seventh grade in middle school. True. And then, uh, you know, we've been friends ever since. In 2001, we started a, uh, well, we took over an entertainment website that was pretty popular at the time called Entertainment. Yeah. yeah. You probably couldn't even find it now. <laughs> no, no. It's, and we, we did pretty well with that for a while. And we got really tired of it because it was film reviews and it was going to films well, three or four times a week and writing reviews every night. And that morphed into something called Media Sharks for a while uh, yeah, that we did independently. Legal legal issues. Yeah. Um, that was actually a fairly successful site. It was. Um, it was more successful than we realized at the time because we were 22 or 23 at the time and mm-hmm. just being lazy and didn't want to put yeah. the extra work we were, we into were, it. Like, we were so lazy as to we didn't have a doing business as yeah. for a bank account and when they sent us checks for actual money oh, we, so didn't stupid. Ca- we couldn't even cash them because we didn't stupidest story we were, ever we, we had an allposters.com account that probably sent us yeah. hundreds of dollars yes. they're like oh. well it's to, it's to media sharks massive server fees yeah. but, oh. but we, we were dumb we got tired of that after a while that was around 2005 
We had it was it was a grind. It's yeah. Every night. Well, you had to manage grind. a staff, and everyone yeah. was free, so we're editing everything. They just wanted or, exposure because your site yeah. gets however many hits. And, we're each going to films one yeah. or two, two times a week and reviewing them, and you're you're writing reviews that night usually. Right. And then you know working a day job on top of that, so they got tired and old. Yeah. Um, I, I did sporadic video game reviews, and and for me, I couldn't I could not do it for the life of me. Like yeah. I would I would yeah. get like a a free game, right? I play it, and I was just like. I can't write anything about this. This, <laughs> yeah. this is not for me. I understand. That, one thing I did find that, and this has not happened with beer, luckily, but with movies, it definitely reduced my enjoyment of movies because I started to get hypercritical of movies <laughs> yeah. themselves. I and can TV, see that. I was writing about TV as well. Yeah. But you start, to, you start to nitpick things and you start to not enjoy things anymore. Yeah. Well, plus, and you move from the medium of writing to audio, yeah. and it's a lot easier because you don't have to sit there and write a document up and right. re-edit it and to make sure everything looks good. That's an idea. I could probably talk about a video game I've played. Right. Exactly. exactly. It's a lot we easier. <laughs> it's a lot so, easier. After that, uh, podcasting kind of Came out, came around 2006. Holy crap, that's a lot of charcuterie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll eat so some. 2006, um, podcasting kind of made its advent with Adam Curry yeah. and Ron. Some, some other. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. with the the daily source code, right? And I I got started by listening to the Battlestar Galactica podcast, uh, nice. commentary podcast, because I love that show. So I would I would watch the episode every Friday, and then the next morning, because uh, you know I would sit there, wake up the next morning, I would listen to it and watch the episode again. And so I really got into podcasting that way, and I'd always been a big radio fan. So a couple of friends of mine, uh, Stefan, who now runs um, his own podcast out of Sweden, and he was in Dallas. Another beer time. podcast, oddly another enough. Another beer podcast called What's on Tap. He's now in Sweden, but he was living in Richardson at the time. And oh. another friend of ours, Damon, they wanted to start a horror podcast. And so they were one of the first horror movie podcasts called uh, Pickled Embryo. I think I remember that. <laughs> so one. that was 2006. <laughs> and then I, 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 didn't, I wasn't a host on that. I just, I was mostly, can we... Oh please, go right ahead. Oh, yeah. anyway. I was, my, my whole job was basically recording and fucking with them the entire time. <laughs> so that's what I did, and uh, eventually got a wild hair. Decided to start uh, another podcast that lasted for about. It's still going sporadically. Yeah, it, for about ten years. Yeah, you guys. I mean, I guess this was sort of the brainchild out of that previous one. I remember I heard what you yeah. guys talking about it in a previous episode. Yeah, we've got the break room, yeah. which is. Uh, it was started in March 2006, and we it was, had a good it was me, Marcus, and uh, our other friend Dave did it for yeah. years. And then Dave eventually um, let Dave it go ended up, spawn uh, children. Yeah, and so making his wife birth children yeah. and got tired of doing it. So, um, so we brought in Thomas. Um, it was it was for a while. It was the four of us, and then it went back to the three of us with Thomas. Yeah. What was the premise of the podcast? Just anything. General. General. Anything. Like, yes. wacky, you know, wacky FM radio type okay. type of show. Yeah. No real hardcore subject, but. As we found, that doesn't necessarily entertainment well news. What happened in your life that day? Yeah. Do you have an interesting story? Did you go on an interesting yeah. trip? Whatever. It's just general nonsense. So stuff you would talk about in the break room. That's uh, was supposed yes. to be what it was. Yes, it was. That was the whole concept. There was yeah. a oh, there was a podcast back in the day that really inspired it. It was run by a couple of two political aides. That this is what they did in their off time, and I I forgot what it's. I totally it's on top of my yeah. tongue, but it's really irrelevant. <laughs> it, it is relevant, but they kind of inspired it, and so that we started that. We did that for seven, eight years, like every week. Every Thursday night, yeah, for two hours. Oh wow, yeah. right. it was a long time. And then we got, you know, we got tired of that. That was hard because we were at the website at the time called Pop Syndicate that Stefan ran. Okay, we we got a lot of listenership out of that. We did really, really well. And then I do remember that site. Pop Syndicate went away, okay. and we went away, and we tried to come back a couple of times, and 
No, we, we're back now, but we do it about twice a month. It's whenever we feel like, really. Yeah, okay. whenever we feel we like. We say twice a month, but so, it's whatever. All that, I know it's a long, long story, but um, yeah. Brewblood started because towards the tail end of the last iteration of the break room, we started to do beer festival reviews, Dust and I. Okay. Because Dust and I are craft beer fans, and Thomas is he's a Shiner fan, basic beer fan. Yeah. No, I wouldn't even say fan. He's more a fan of Johnny Walker. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, Johnny Walker <laughs> Blue level. I mean, this guy is a rich guy over here. Yeah, he, he rolls yeah. with Johnny Walker Blue only. So exactly. Um, that was more. Of, that was kind of our bit. We kind of found purchase in, in that and decided that we ended up starting like craft beer, and we're like, yeah, maybe having a more uh, you know a podcast that fits a niche opposed yeah. to doing this broad based yeah. nonsense. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's let's take a look at doing and, that. There wasn't, like you said, there wasn't, as far as we could tell, there was nobody in North Texas doing that. Yeah, and the Dallas beer scene, as you guys well know, was blowing up, and there wasn't anybody really covering it this way. So That was almost two years ago now, because we're in episode 90, so. Yeah, I mean, I I would say it was about three three years ago, the first, like, big crap beer podcast I could find was one of your names, The Beerist. Right, yep. That one that really got a lot of notoriety, and I found you guys eventually, because I was trying to to focus more in on Dallas-based podcasting. So, and I guess since this is going to be a dual episode, we should probably give a little bit of background on, on us, Absolutely. Kyle. So, and I've said this on our podcast, the, the podcast is not about us. Yeah. So, we had been hanging around the Dallas beer scene for a few years at this point. Yeah. And started to gain a rapport with a lot of the bartenders at certain places, breweries. You know, you go to a brewery so often, they start to know you. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And the more so, you the more you talk to people, the more it's like you realize beer is this opening gap for people to actually converse. You know. Yeah. It brings so, people together. Yes. Exactly. And I'm not the I'm not the podcast guy, but I know Kyle did a lot of podcasting. He mm-hmm. did. You did podcasts, right? I've got podcasts. I've done web television stuff. You know. So yeah. I'm both yeah. on the so visual and audio side. He was all in that scene, and I barely knew about it. But it, you know, it sparked in my mind. I was like, we know a lot of these people at this point. We well, probably have like a good in to, to start talking well, to these You talk people. to all these people and they have stories. You're like, yeah. how does no, nobody know about this? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> Sure, yeah. <laughs> so we decided we wanted to do a podcast talking to all of the various aspects of the, the North Texas beer scene. And we, we focus a lot on breweries, but we've tried to get different aspects of it. You know, we talked mm-hmm. to owner of a tap room. We talked to different aspects of a brewery. We've talked to the owners. We've talked to cellarmen. Uh, have we done a sales rep yet, or is that on the docket? I guess Avery. Well, that yeah. I'm well, he's a, a sales he's, rep. Yeah, but no, we haven't touched. We, we've done uh, sellermen's. We've done the brewers. We've done an owner. We've done at least two owners. Yeah. Um, and you know, and we're also looking to do like homebrews too. You know, mm-hmm. people like you know, it just not yeah. just have to be a, a main focal point. It could be the people who are just. And we talked to bartenders yeah. at, at, a, yeah. at places. So yeah, basically, our our philosophy is to just take. Any and every aspect of the North. Someone Texas. that touches beer. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, and, and now yeah. we're talking to podcasters. Right? Well, it's exactly. Like I'm, I'm trying, I want everything. It's a know? natural it's gone thing. about as low as you can go. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah, they're probably scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> and I say that for both of us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, and we've been having a lot of fun with it. And, you know, we talked about it on, on our intros. We had a couple months break, just uh, pressure on, on our personal lives. And, of course, you know, you guys have the flexibility that you can just go buy a beer and talk about it. Yeah, we actually, bar and, you know. <laughs> yeah, we we found that trying to schedule an interview with somebody, it, it's yeah, it, it can be a little more difficult than it would seem. Yeah. Scheduling yeah. this one took a while. We do have one little in. Like we do, we do a, a sub uh, podcast and it's called Retro Brew, where basically we sit down and take one uh, take our crap beer at the time and figure out what crap beer are we going to drink while we're playing a retro video game. 
Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done a couple episodes. Of that. Yeah. Are you are you looping that into our main feed or yeah. it's completely yeah, no, but, separate? No, it's in our main feed, but I, I label it. Uh, I don't label it like okay. you know North Texas Beer Podcast. I label it. Retro okay, Beer. okay. Yeah, and so. I think we've still f- no, we did the. Um, we're not focusing on Texas beers with that because we did a special episode with the. Goose oh, no. Island, no. Bourbon County. No, no, that's my favorite. Yeah, we, we did on Black uh. Friday, we did the Goose Island, and we did do a video game. And I guess we're not three days later, I'm listening to your guys' mini episode about drinking. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The one where we got sick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, yeah. Well, we're, we're sitting there, and, and they're like, and they're drinking. It's like, I think this is bad. Kyle, like, what? Come here. Your, your palate's clean. Drink this. Is it sour? Yeah. It's bad because I had a, I had a right. two thousand I had a two thousand fifteen coffee sitting in the in my cellar fridge for about a year and you know we were opening it up for Black Friday and I had already you know contacted uh, Goose Island they sent me a free shirt right. uh, refunded the beer and everything and they when I called them they said uh, well did you drink it I'm like no I usually cellar these for years like okay well that's fine. You go ahead and sell her. We'll go ahead and send you this stuff anyways because we want you to still be a fan of ours. Right. <laughs> Which is really cool. But I should have done that with that one that made me vomit all over the place. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, it was when the time came to finally open it, you know, uh, another friend of mine and, you know, we sipped in. It was like, you know when you can't tell right off the bat? Yes, it's I like, do. Yes. Ah. You, and especially you have the hope. You're like, I hope this is still good. Right. And so we, we brought him in who who had been in the other room playing Nintendo. Right. Yep. So like, Kyle, come come have a sip of this. And he goes, yeah, this is not right. And I'm like, right. Damn it. Down the drain <laughs> right. it went. Yeah. That was yep. a severe disappointment for sure. It is. It yeah. sucks. And I couldn't even, I didn't even have the time to, with the, my, my current job situation, I didn't even get to mess around with it this year. So... I, I really wanted another coffee stout, and I just yeah. missed it completely. It's hard to, I mean, the the Regal Rye is hard to find. I mean, Oh, very hard. I think we got lucky. The Regal we, Rye and coffee are both hard. We got lucky one year at Big Texas Beer Fest, mm-hmm. and we got in there. We were in there very early and got it right before they blew it. Yep. Uh, that, but that's the only time we've had that. Question yeah. about that. So yeah. do you guys, on the, the rare stuff like that where people sit in line for, do you guys enjoy that, or does it piss you off? Uh, we used to do it, but I think we've both gotten over it. It's... I think we've aged yeah. out of it. In a sure. Way. Yeah, I'm not a big um, whaler. I, I mean, no. I, I, I prefer to find stuff that I like to drink all the uh-huh. time that's readily available. Yeah. Or, you know, like uh, our friend Javi from Central Track that was over here earlier, uh, we've talked about this. Like the KBS from Founders. Yeah. It's a great beer. Sure. If you can find it, it's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. But it's so hard to find. And like, then oh. you can find other alternatives that taste very similar to that. Yeah. And then you go with that and say, okay, well, the Big Bad Baptist tastes very similar to the KBS. Right. I can yeah. get that any time. Sure. So I'll I, go with that. I think we, the last time we did that was uh, waiting at Parking Market last year. twenty For the Regal Rye. 2015 for the Regal Rye. Yeah. And I, ever since then, it's just, no, not that the parking market experience was bad because it wasn't, but mm-hmm. I'm just kind of overwhaling at this point. Like, right. If I can get, like, I'll, I'll definitely run up. If I know something is it's yeah. wine, mm-hmm. somebody tips me off via Facebook, I'll definitely run up there and get it. But I'm not going to stand in line for yeah, yeah no on Black in line. Friday. Like we were at uh, the the closing of the World Beer uh, World Beer Company, the bottle shop. We, we yeah, we were listening to an episode on the way yeah. up here, and yep. we <laughs> we opted. We I think we were in line for ten minutes, and it wasn't moving. And it wasn't I said, moving. And we were it. just like, screw this. We're just going to go have a beer at the bar, you know? <laughs> right? Right. And uh, I don't yeah. know. It's, I, I might if I mean if I'm if I have the the time next year <laughs> or this year, I should say, I might go back and and get in line for the the Bourbon County because it's it's. It's not that bad, and you know the if you go to the central location, it's you yeah. know it's just a matter of waiting for thirty forty minutes. Yeah, um, but yeah, like yeah, uh, 
because of my job situation, I completely missed out on getting BBT this year, and that's my that's my shit. Right. Oh yeah. And my wife, bless her heart, <laughs> she doesn't know this game. Right. And she was calling everybody trying to get me a bottle for Christmas, and she just didn't know that if you don't know at the time, you're just screwed. Right. Yeah. But um, I lucked out because I'd been off social media for a few months, and um, on the day, day after Christmas. I just pulled up my pulled up my computer. I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna look at this for a second. And my local bottle shop had said, Oh, we were saving this for the day after Christmas. Come get Burmo temperatures. Nice. So I'm like, I yell at my wife. I'm like, I'll be back in 20 minutes. She's like, Where are you going? I was like, Burmo temperatures. She's like, Can I come? I'm like, Sure. Yeah. And I ran out of the house so quickly. My wife had bought me a three hundred dollar uh, turntable cartridge for my record player. Uh huh. And 15 minute drive to this place and I stop we park and I'm like I think I left a record player running <laughs> so I just got this $300 cartridge I'm like it's not going to do anything but right, you know right. you still want to take care and it's like okay it's in the it's in the dead groove and it's just going to be spinning for like 40 minutes right right luckily I had apparently I knew about it and yeah. I guess by instinct I took it off before he ran out but sure I lucked out on that one but uh, yeah, I just well, I we wasn't. Give, we have to give Lake, uh, Lakewood a shout out, and they put us on their media list, so we're able to actually yeah. get some of this stuff. Yeah, that, oh. they, that they send to us, which is nice. <laughs> we need to check into that because <laughs> we've done. We well, did we, an we didn't ask; with them. they just yeah, did they it, just and we appreciate it. Oh, sweet! <laughs> which was nice. I, yeah, we did but, an interview with uh, their head Sellerman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, head Sellerman's a good friend with a friend of ours, so oh, okay. yeah, we'll, okay. we'll contact him and get in the next day. Yeah, we go. have. A, I've got a business card for a sales rep there, so we're you know once we kind of spread the area out. We'll start doing a little bit of repeats right. uh, yep. to, to different places. But we were just mentioning on our intro, we haven't done an episode in two or three months. And right. I, I think 30 breweries have opened up in the last three months in our area. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's shocking. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, really, I mean, even doing just a review show, I don't want to say it's tough, but it does, it is some, some a hindrance in your life. Like, uh, we well, we also eat. have the advantage of living like basically across the yes. street from each We're other. Across the street from each other, and we but, have uh, beer like beer available that's right around yeah. the corner. It is, the, but it's still it's still have to plan yeah. it out. I mean, we no, managed to hit one episode a week since we started. Yeah, which is pretty good, especially. I mean, it's in <laughs> fortunately good friend and the good friend package store is very close, yes. so we can yeah. always run over there. And, sure. Yeah, it's it's nice. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. we've been managed to crank out ninety plus episodes because it's ninety regular episodes and there's a few shorties in there. Five or six. You're coming up in a one hundred soon, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah not I'm, too far away. I don't know what we're gonna do yet. <laughs> so it should be something special. Maybe like a nice Budweiser or something. Yeah, <laughs> That'd yeah. be awesome. Very special. We we almost convinced Whole Foods to do a um a um Budweiser uh tap takeover. That would be <laughs> that would be awesome. Like as I don't remember what it was. Do you remember what that was for? But we were joking about it because this was back when we went up to the the Whole Foods on in Addison. Uh, in Addison. Every Monday before we went over French to watch wrestling, yeah. yeah so we, for a couple we, we knew the whole staff there, and, and the the beer buyer was ordering his stuff, and he's like, "I didn't get a keg of like Bud Light for like he named off the price, and you know it was supposed to be completely ridiculous compared to what they normally get." Yeah, and I just said, "Why don't you guys do a Budweiser tap takeover?" It'd be kind and of he, awesome. He almost, I almost ran with the idea, and I'm really disappointed that they I think didn't. he almost got really serious they about sh- it. They should do that for April Fools, though. Exactly. Except actually do it. Yeah, that would be great. So if they can bring they, back the American ale or something. Yeah, because they were talking about doing like uh, two dollar growler fills and right. stuff, which you know would have been affordable for the price they were going to pay for it. Sure. Yeah, to the true. other shit they buy. True. Yep. But I was like, oh man, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> right. Good point. Yeah. 
So where are your guys' watering holes in this? Because you guys are, we're downtown, and you guys live here downtown? Uh, we're East Dallas. Yeah, we're both in East Dallas. Okay. Um, near Close White to White Rock, Rock Lake, yeah. East White Rock okay. Lake, yeah. Yep. So um, where are your watering holes in that area? We, uh, we seem to always find her, lately, it's always been a good friend. We've always ended okay. up a good friend. Good friend's a very good one. Uh, there's on rotation over there. I was there. just about to say, we've been, we've been there. there. That's I that's like place. that place. Yeah. Good friends yeah. is good, too. They have really good food there. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. we tried to go on rotation the other day to do an episode, but they were, we got there too early. They were yeah. closed. Ah. Smoky Rose and Lot are over there. Yeah. They, they have some decent selection. Um, we still haven't done an episode from. I mean, we've been to Trinity Hall a ton, but we haven't we haven't done an episode. Trinity, I like Trinity Hall too. Yeah. That's a nice place. Uh, been there a couple times. I mean, it's mostly good friends. It really is. It's <laughs> and then yeah, so easy. Well, yeah. If you well, ask, that's the same question. If we could sit there and joke about going. We're at Taps and Caps yeah. every I mean, week. They know we're us there now twice too. A week. Yeah. yeah, Lakewood Growler. We've been well, to a few times. On top of that too, yeah, Lakewood Growler, and then we also have the advantage of having Lakewood right around the corner and Oak Highlands yeah. is yeah. right around the corner. Yeah. So, yeah. so do you guys brewery? hop a lot or do you just stick to it? have to, uh, a few times a year like we don't do it like regularly but okay uh, the, yeah we so, needed mix in oak islands we haven't ever talked about them on the podcast we haven't, but and, we've and done, they're right been, around the corner we've been there i think three times between the dallas right. brew scene or the dallas brew bus sure uh hopping in an uber and a couple of times so we've been there yeah. three or four times yep but this would yeah. be a good spot for the podcast i was surprised by your most one of your most recent episodes talking about uh four corners the fact that you hadn't been there before yeah, that's it's on just, the tunnel. See, that's that's why I was asking them because I, we approach, we obviously approach this a little bit differently. Yeah. Like we go to breweries all the time. Well, it, it like I didn't know about Four Corners until it was about a. We usually go down to Austin for a, um, a trip once a, uh, once a year, and we're on our way back, and I'm filling up my uh, car with gas, and we're thinking, hey, maybe there's a brewery open on Sunday, and he's like, he's looking at his Twitter feed, and he goes, hey, Kyle. Four Corners is open, and before you can even look at me, I'm already in the driver's seat going, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is when they first opened, I believe. And yeah, it's oh, just, okay, yeah. It's one of those debates. I mean, it's like Panther Island or... Yeah, see, we still get to make it out there. Uh, Texas Ale Project, Texas even. Ale it's Project. right around the corner from Pedicolas. Yeah, it's, been it's been there. just one of those I've been there a couple it's, times. You yeah. have your spots. You, I mean, the when, when we go to multiple breweries, it's always with the Dallas Brew Bus. Right. Okay. And then, you know, we're both so busy all the time. It's hard to find time just to... Seems like when we do pick out a time to go to brewery and up at Pedicolas. So, <laughs> I mean, I think you just you guys are just. I think your first time at uh, Noble Ray in the last month and a half or two, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was that is correct. Yeah. yeah, we did that two or three weeks ago. It, we did the uh, the Brampus. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Noble Ray. Yeah, uh, that was the first time there. Um, that was I'd a only, delicious beer. I wish they would do that all the time. I'd only had them on tap from fest from the Untap uh, Festival. Okay, now okay. the Index Festival. Right. Oh, change names. Yeah, I guess breaking news. Uh, so last this past week, they changed names from Untapped to Un- uh, Index Festival. I think that's good on one hand because they probably got confused with the app a lot. Sure, ah, Untapped right. app. Um, and apparently, they're expanding to concentrate not just on beer and music, but beer, and food, and music. So now they want to have craft food, I guess. Well, to my understanding, I don't know if you guys know the history of it, but I think Untapped started right here where we are. Commentator really yeah. started it, and then it blew up into Untapped, and then Untapped. We're talking about the spun festival, off right? Into Index. Yeah, okay. now, it's, yeah. now it's called Index Festival. Yep. And mm-hmm. I think, I think the next one, in, or the next one's gonna be in Fort Worth in May. I think. Yeah, I think, I think so. Sounds about right. Seventy five brewers there. But they're concentrating more on food and music as well, not okay. just beer. So I haven't had a chance to go to one of those yet. But uh, for me. So, and this is kind of like what I said about everybody approaches craft beer differently. I like going somewhere quiet um, and just sitting down and having a beer. And, you know, I love when breweries are packed because it means they're doing good business. But if I can go somewhere on a Tuesday night, sit and play on my iPad and just have a couple beers and chat with the bartender, that's, that's the shit for me. 
I would yeah. say if you want to get a lot of interviews, though, some of those beer festivals do True. have an opportunity. I know. Because <laughs> everybody's there, and we, we've it's, done that a couple times. I mean, like, I'm not a festival guy either, but mm-hmm. yeah. a couple times a year, I would say Untapped to me, does it the best sure. way. They do it outside. It's the best local part. one, for sure. There's one in Fort Worth and one in Dallas, right? There's two. Right. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's in, index now. But, I mean. It's in May, May, April, or May in Fort Worth, and it's, I believe it's in September or October in Dallas. Okay. Fair yeah, Park. October, November around here. Um, yeah. To me, Fair Park's better. It's a better venue than uh, Pan- they've been. They've done it at Panther Island the past couple years. You know, it's okay. It's fine. It's a big, it's a big, basically a big parking lot. Right. Um, Fair Park is definitely more. Yeah, it's a better it's a venue overall. Area, yeah, but yeah, they do it right. I mean, they they've been making improvements every year with bands and the way they set up bands so they don't cross pollinate or cross pollute sound wise, which is nice in the way they've arranged the breweries. So yeah, and that Index Festival is supposed to have like artists and artists and food. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it could be crazy. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go if they have like synthwave artists there. <laughs> <laughs> so. Any final words uh, about your podcast or anything? Um, I guess if <laughs> you might have like a couple dozen listeners from our end, <laughs> I think well, we're still like growing. Yeah, if you enjoy, he's got I the mean, numbers. <laughs> if you like, I mean, if you like listening to reviews about beer, then I, I guess we're definitely a show for you. If you like that, uh, and you like some failed humor bits. We do that occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> I would say a lot of times, you know, our episodes are probably fifty-fifty. Um, we do we do beer news. We try to t- tackle at least one story a week on beer news. Yeah. Know, something relevant. A little commentary in the industry. A little if we commentary. Can find something interesting. There's a lot of BS in there. And then yeah. we probably spend the other fifty percent of the show talking about the brewery, the beer we're talking about. We we talk about the BJCP expected styles of that beer mm-hmm. because uh, you know BJCP are obviously the major domos when it yeah. comes to beer judging. So right. um, we do like to educate where we can. Uh, we used to do education regularly as far as pre-recorded segments, but that's a little infrequent uh, now. We don't do it as much anymore, just because that's hard to do. It's it's tough. We, you know, our jobs are uh, we're busy enough as is, so it's, yeah, sure. it's one less thing to do. So we're kind of phasing that out. So uh, yeah, from- we do like educating where we can, but we do yeah we do a lot of reviews and uh, we try not we try to always find high points and yep. uh, about any beer out there. Yeah. So for our listeners, <laughs> they have a great different show than ours so yeah. check them out it's and brewblood.net right yeah, yeah, so there you yeah. go yeah. so yes. we're going to take a short little break and we're going to kind of shift formats this this first part was more of the north texas beer podcast format where we're doing an interview right so we're going to take a short break which will at least on our end i don't know what you guys are going to slide in between but it'll not be a break for the listeners but then we're going to go into the brew bloods part of it and do a review with them yeah, of, we'll uh, of a beer. Yeah, format. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Cool. All right, we're going to sign off for a moment and come back in a, mm. to the listener probably instantaneously. <laughs> See you guys soon. Okay, bye. by Barbaco Apparel. Barbaco Apparel is a San Antonio-based independent clothing line that caters to Texans and Texans at heart. To find out more about Barbaco Apparel or to buy your favorite taco tea, go to barbacoapparel.com. So today we're at Common Table in Dallas. A Finally big, a different location. Yeah, it's... We don't the, always have to go to Good Friend. It's a rare occasion outside of Good Friend, yeah. Today we're joined by uh, Kyle and Leroy from the North Texas Beer Podcast. It's the crossover episode with variant cover from J. Scott Campbell. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Wildcats coming in this episode, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, you knew that name. 
had, I, I, I was just, I only know him from his pinup work. I'm a bit of a nerd, so I go yeah, back, okay. way back to Image Comics with Young Bloods and all that. Yeah. Right, right. Plus, you're, plus you're old, too. Plus so. I'm old as hell. You really are. <laughs> I don't know how you get around anymore. So, yeah, Common Table is the um, the uh, food foodery and puppery that is responsible for the Untapped Festival. It's kind of a bright light in the middle of douchery, because yeah, there's a lot I, of douchiness I over here. I would agree with that. But in this place... Definitely does get a few folks yeah. uh, of that ilk, but overall, it also does support a very good craft beer scene. It is definitely a bright spot in a realm of darkness, right? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's um, it looks like kind of an old house in the middle of Dallas, in the middle of downtown Dallas. It's true, and uh, it's I mean, parking sucks. Yeah. That's why we lifted down here, but uh, yeah. parking sucks. But it's the all valet. The food and the beer is good, and that's what's important. Absolutely. So. Um. We're here today because specifically Bells out of uh, Michigan is they finally made their way to Texas, and so we are here to celebrate the Bells release in Texas. Sweet, sweet Bells, another another great Michigan brewery. This is one that I've had several times. I've actually uh, carted them back from other locations so we, I could consume them here. And we had Bells before, right? The Cherry Stout. We did the back. Cherry Stout, which is one that my father brought to us from right. Alabama before way, way Bells back. came here. Um, it was from tw- uh, 2013. We did it in 2015, right. but. Yes, we did review bills. So you can before. go back in the, in the uh, archives and find that. But this time, these will actually be fresh. Yes. Uh, so today, we are talking about the a beer that they made specifically for Texas called Am I Right or Amarillo, named after the, uh, the town. Yeah, give a nice yeah. rim shot. And the Amarillo hops, uh, specifically. And I can't help but think this is probably named after Sleep of the Wheel, which they are a Texas swing band. A Sleep of the Wheel song, uh, Am I Right or Amarillo. So they I kind of so. flip the flip the words there. So uh, a little nod to Texas, a uh, little nod to Texas Swing. And uh, this is an American IPA weighing in at uh, 6.0% I- uh, ABV. Uh, no IBU listed, which I find hard to believe. Yeah, and, that seems kind uh, of odd for an, for an IPA. Yeah, and you should be drinking out of an IPA glass, of course. We're not. We're drinking out of shakers. <laughs> well, I mean, you do whatever uh, I you with. Right. I mean, commonly, if you were to find this on your shelf. Exactly. You should drink it out of an IPA glass, of course. Uh, so the description of this beer, we are brewing this highly aromatic IPA to help celebrate our 2017 arrival in the great state of Texas. Of course, we use 100% Amarillo hops for the special Texas-only release, they put that in bold fonts, to give it big, bold, tropical, and citrus notes. Bitterness from the hops is balanced with a hefty amount of malt. So to kind of review some of their other beers that you may know and that you will be able to get if you are in your distribution area, that's one of the most marquee uh, IPAs out there. Sure. Um, I, I've always loved it, and that's one of the ones I would always well, cut it back. Gets, it's 100 in style, 100 overall. Absolutely. Uh, that gets 100 in style, 100 overall. And the Bell's Hop Slam, which we're unfortunately going to miss this go because I believe it comes out January or February, but they said it will be here next year. Uh, we will be able to get that next year. But that, that's a great, great, um, that's a great Imperial IPA. Uh, I have not had some of these others. I haven't had their Java Stout, their Double Cream Stout. Um, we did do their cherry stout, like we mentioned before, but most everything they do gets you know ninety-seven to one hundred percent on rate beer. Um, the only one that's a little bit lower is Bell's Cherry, but we actually like that better after it was I aged a little bit. It was, good. it was also I, aged two years, which is yeah, not normal. Not being a, not but, being a sour yes. fan though, it was very tart, very yeah. very tart. So do you no, guys have any experience absolutely. with uh, Bell's? We do so not. Uh, this is your first Bell's beer? Not not well. In as much as prior to their Texas launch, right? They had a launch at. On the current date, last Monday, uh, Taps and Captain Louisville did a, and I talked to the bartender, and they didn't know why they were doing this, but they did a double release day of the introduction to Bells, right? Along with the 
their tapping of the bourbon barrel raspberry temptress <laughs> on the same night. That's weird. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Seems like a lot going on. Right. And it's usually their trivia night, which we try to avoid. But because of everything going on, I think they kicked the trivia guys out, which was nice because <laughs> I wanted to go there to get the, the raspberry temptress. Right. And I had trivia. And I had been hearing about the, the Bells IPA from a couple of people prior, but I had, sadly had not heard of them before they started um, their Texas uh, travel. Sure. So what did you had the two hearted? I had the Am I Right or Amarello, which we're going to talk about tonight, and I had the two hearted. What did you think of two hearted? I loved the two hearted. That was actually uh, kind of fueled me into the people that were hyping up their IPAs. So right. I did like it a lot. It's really well balanced. Yeah. It's citrusy. It's really well. Yeah. It's yeah. not overly hoppy. It's, I think it's really good. I think it's just a perfect representation of what a, a citrusy, hoppy, uh, you know, American IPA should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Very I clean. agree. Very, very clean. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's unfortunately one of the things I drink so many damn IPAs right now that it's hard yeah. to sometimes distinguish, you know, one from the other. Right. But I did like it a lot. Yep. Kyle, have you had any experience with Bells? Uh, uh, unlike him, it wasn't until Monday night that I never had Bells. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I, it was this is the IPA. I think it was the other IPA that I really kind of liked a little bit better. I mean, not that this was bad, but it just yeah, it was. I don't know. I mean, I, I think I started with the other. What was the other one that was? Sorry. The two I started with the two hearted first right. before he got there, and then I went to the, this one, and I guess maybe I just was a little spoiled by the first one. But <laughs> right, but, but well, it is a well-established IPA. Out yeah, there. yeah, I understand. Yeah, they've had years to perfect it. Uh, yeah. This one has no score yet on Beer Advocate or Rate Beer because it is a relatively new release, and on tap it gets three point seven seven out of five. So not not bad. Not bad. Anything over four is almost a guaranteed home run on right. Untapped. And they have a lot in they have a lot that are one hundred in style and overall. Sure. So. Uh, I have high hopes, Mark. Yeah, I have high I'll hopes, too, so I guess we'll find out about that after we talk about uh, Bell's Brewery, the history of Bell's Brewery. Larry Bell began his venture into the beer industry via Kalamazoo Brewing Company. He opened the company in 1983 as a home brewing supply shop. In 1985, it began to sell its own beer, producing 135 barrels in its first year. Originally self-distributed, Larry and a staff of nine bottled and delivered everything for the next four years. By 1989, Bells was shipping more than 500 barrels annually and had established a footprint across Michigan. The brewery today consists of two separate brewing facilities, the original Kalamazoo Avenue facility and the state-of-the-art Crum Avenue Brewing in Comstock, Michigan. The Kalamazoo Avenue Brewery is adjacent to its Pub Bell's Eccentric Cafe, the first on-site pub opened by a brewery in the history of Michigan, and a general store which sells Bell's beer and apparel as well as home brewing supplies. The Comstock facility opened in May 2012 and increased the company's brewing capacity from 180,000 barrels to 500,000 barrels per year. The new facility is equipped with state-of-the-art brewing technology, including an expanded grain handling system and a 200-barrel brewing system. The grain system allows brewers to mill 2,000 pounds of grain in approximately four minutes, versus the old system, which took an hour to mill the same amount. As of 2005, Kalamazoo Brewing Company changed their name to Bell's Brewing Inc., reflecting the name by which most people refer to the brewery. It was formally reincorporated as Bell's Brewing Inc. in 2006. On April 25, 2013, Bell's sister brewery, Upper Hand Brewery, was officially announced and is up and running by the fall of 2014. The same year, they began to make use of a canning line. In February 2017, Laura Bell was appointed CEO of Bell's Brewing. Laura Bell is the daughter of founder Larry Bell. Bell's most notable beer is their Two-Hearted Ale, named for the Two-Hearted River in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. In 2011, the American Homebrewers Association rated Bell's Brewery's Two-Hearted Ale the second best beer in the United States. Another Bell's beer, Hop Slam, their double IPA, 
is very popular among craft beer drinkers and often sparks a backlog of demand each year during its seasonal release. All right, the BJCP for an American IPA. Uh, first of all, the ABV should be 55 to 7.5%, which this does uh, clue into that six, uh, six flat. Right. ABU of 40 to 70, which we don't know in this case because it's not listed anywhere. I searched high and wide for it. I did a, like, 24-style scan. I got Chloe on the line. Did you uh, actually go up to Michigan? Yeah, I, did. I went up to Michigan. I uh, hired okay. Jack Bauer to track down the head brewer. Still got no info uh, for all that. But tortured him. <laughs> had Jack Bauer rip out, like, a, right. a lamp cord and I, just shock him by the nipples and stuff. And he, he still did the didn't give you anything. punch to get the idea out of yeah. him. Got That's of that. very unfortunate. Yeah, he, yeah. he was close, close-lipped. Man, really um, keeping that information close to the vest. Yeah, American IPA, the overall impression is it should be intensely hoppy. A very strong pale ale without the big maltiness and or deeper malt flavors of an American barley wine, which is very different, so I don't know why they say That's that. That's weird. Yeah. But this is the BJCP, so. Uh, strongly hot but clean, lacking harshness, and a tribute to historical IPAs. Drinkability is important. All right. And we all know this from the Two-Hearted, which is a very drinkable, very clean, uh, very much a, in the style of a West Coast IPA, very much right. a, a signature American IPA that is hoppy without being too aggressive. No. Uh, without being too bitter and a nice touch of maltiness, which balances out that bitterness. Now, I would say the aroma definitely smells of Western uh, West Coast style hops. Right. So the aroma, right in. according to standards, should be an intense hop aroma that can be derived from American English and or noble varieties. Uh, most beers are dry hops, although they don't have to be, and they could have a grassy and citrusy aroma. Right. I'm getting a bit of a mild hop aroma from this one. Nothing that yeah. nothing that's striking me as like being very prominent. It's very mild. Yeah, it's not overwhelming, but yeah. it's it's there. It's, it's way present. more mild than two hearted. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was my opinion when I had both of them last week. Yeah. Is you know, I'm unfortunately stuck on that damn West Coast style. So yeah. that well, it's it's easy to do. I think your tongue kind of gets addicted to that <laughs> like right. spice. Your tongue kind of gets addicted to that the hop. Sure. You know the hop energy. Yep, absolutely. So it's harder. It's harder. It's a little harder for me to judge IPAs that are not trying to throw hops right in your face. It's, right. Yeah. It's it's overwhelmingly mild. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know that's an oxymoron. That doesn't make much sense, but yes, I know I it's agree. an oxymoron, but it's I mean, overwhelmingly mild. Would you compare it to like maybe a session IPA? No. No, I've had I've had at sessions I, IPAs. What's Lakewood session IPA? Uh, the alcohol hopcondria oh, is way more hoppy as far as aroma sure. goes than this. Yeah. They're, I mean, I realize my allergies are playing into this a little bit. No, I don't. Sm- I don't smell much either. And okay, it's same not here. just me then. It's and I can breathe like a champ, but I don't yeah. know. <laughs> right, I'm I'm definitely a bubble boy over here, but I'm barely getting any any hops out. You should have used your ventilator before you came. Uh, out. I tried, dude. I hot, I got Mucinex. <laughs> I got Manhaler. Yeah, I, it's just not working for me. So yeah, session, you do you do. the session I pay is, is more about the alcohol content than anything else. I right. mean, they can cram a lot of flavor into that if they choose. Um, outside of Texas, obviously, but Stone's go-to IPA is insane. Yeah, and I feel like Founders has Founders Session IPAs. Have you had Oasis? I'm trying no, to remember I, the name of it. Um, I can already tell you no because I don't think about anything. Okay, Oasis. yeah, yeah, they're uh, based in Austin. They have a really okay. excellent Session IPA. And Session beers are becoming a bigger player because. Uh, in Portland, People want to drink opening, more and don't want to get wasted. Yeah, they're they're opening up a session specific bar in Portland that is designed just for ABV around two point five to five percent, and they have some after after session the quote unquote for your higher ABV beers, but it's centered around session beers. And then the Malmo Beer and Whiskey Festival this year in Sweden is centered around session beers. So, so you guys have uh, your finger on the pulse of the the overall scene more than, a little bit more than I do, but yeah. I saw the session craze happen last summer in yeah, a big definitely. way. 
Yeah. Everybody had a session IPA last year. I think people are kind of rebelling. I'm not rebelling, but there's something to be said for having an, like several beers that you can just drink easily without getting hammered. Like it's good to have a good quality beer. That yeah, a good quality yeah. beer that you can drink without getting absolutely sure. Just three sheets. And that's where my tastes have gone. I, yeah. I've definitely, in the last year, year and a half, I've been drinking a lot lighter. And it's just, you know, when you first get into craft beer, you obviously jump into the big stuff because it's so different. Sure. But then you realize that you have one beer, two beers, and you're done. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, I still veer towards that. <laughs> I, I still like the big beers a and, lot. And I yeah. do, too. I, I will occasionally go back to that. But if I'm just uh, at my weekly visit to my right. watering hole and I'll look at their menu... And they've got lots of big beers. I will zoom in into the, the 2, 6, or 7%, which I don't know if those classify as small necessarily, but right. in comparison to the 10 and up stuff that yeah. was definitely yeah. huge a couple years ago. Yeah, they're closer than the expedition stat I just had from sure. for Bells. Right. That 10.7. <laughs> so, on to uh, appearance. Yeah, appearance-wise, the colors should range from golden amber to medium reddish copper. Although they can't have an orangish tent, I would say it's this definitely is definitely golden. Definitely golden, yeah. According definitely to this has lighting, at least. Yeah. I think it's definitely. Uh, this is much better lighting we normally have with your one flickering light bulb that we have in the studio. And <laughs> this is uh, quite filtered. It's very, very, and the trend now is to go unfiltered. But Bell's is still doing very filtered. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it's it's definitely filtered. Seems yeah. like uh, the hazy IPAs are really taking off these days. Yeah, people are going. It's unfiltered. not crystal clear, but it's, it's not it, crystal, but yeah. Looks a little more filtered, yeah. So finally, flavor, mouthfeel. Mouthfeel should be smooth, medium light to medium body. Uh, should not be harsh or astringent. Hot flavor is strong, complex, and should reflect the use of American English hop or noble varieties. High to absurdly high hop bitterness. Although the malt backbone will generally support the strong hop character and, and I'm gonna, should balance out the malt. I'm going to repeat what you said about the nose. This is overwhelmingly mild on, on the flavor. One thing I'm yeah. picking up, and I don't know if you guys are taking this... I think it might be a little too cold. It is kind of cold, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's got yeah. It's almost got like a frigid yeah, flavor to and it. I cold think, activated. I think that's active. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be um, affecting? Uh, affecting the flavor of it a little bit. It might be. Yeah. It might be. But I I think there's a decent amount of hop presence, but it's not like you said. It's very mild. It's just mm-hmm. kind of. I don't know. It's middle of the road. I gotta be honest with you. This reminds me more of like an English mild than an IPA. Sure. Yeah. Like. A, just a standard ESB? I, I don't know. It's it's not... I won't go quite that far, but I, I see where you're going with it. But it's, but it's not... I don't know. It's not quite that mild, but it's more mild than I expected. But it's not what I would expect out of A, Bells, and B, an American IPA. Yeah. And especially yeah. for something that they're... It's a, I don't know if it's necessarily a small batch IPA, but if it's something they're making exclusively for one market, yeah. you think they would put a little... Yeah. Uh, more um, oomph into the style. Yeah, if they're do- they're doing it to attract a new market. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I applaud them for. For sure. sure. No, it's cool they did it, but I just yeah, I agree. I guess I expect a little more out of them. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of plain too. There's not a whole lot going on. It's, it's just not. kind of a flat, generic hop flavor. This and might be. A- oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and I expected maybe a little variance, especially like we talked about before. I love their Two Hearted Ale. It's got that citrusy flavor. It's got the hop flavor. It's got a couple things going on. This one's just kind of like a flat. Let's just throw hops in there and make a standard beer with a little hop flavor. And yeah, that's kind of what it tastes like to me. There's no standout here. I'm very disappointed. Yeah. That's where I was going to go. Do you think they tried to, they made this specifically as it is to differentiate from their two heart? I'm sure they didn't want to copy that. And yeah. they had to do something different. But I feel like they could have put some other flavor twist on it. Sure. You know? I don't know. I mean, maybe even, maybe subtle, not even not, a, not prominent, but some subtle 
twist on it. I don't know. It's it, it's definitely when you have a standout like Two Hearted, everything else will pale in comparison in your brand as far as if you're going to make another IPA. And yeah. unless you manage to just hit another home run and knock it out of the park, I um, I don't know. Um, do you guys know Lone Pint? Yeah, the Yellow Rose. Yeah, yeah. Love, I'd okay, love so Yellow Rose is obviously insane. Yeah, it's awesome. Have you guys had anything from their Zytophile series? There was one the other day. I almost got it, and I didn't. So Lone Pint does exactly that. They've got a standout IPA, right. and they've got an entire small run series of IPAs, which almost all of them are like, this is incredible. Yeah. You know, and, and it's different from Yellow Rose. Right. Like, the the one you probably saw is the one that's doing the rounds right now is uh, Zadophile Loral. That probably might have been the one, yeah. And I think it was a little more mild than what they usually do, but it was still it was still really good. And yeah. But, you know, like I said, they've got a standout IPA, and they still manage to put out their small batch stuff that, that still manages to kind of get close to, to their their central beer. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah. I'll give them this. It's, it's not a bad beer. It's just... Not a standout beer. It doesn't. It does. I feel like personally, I have a really high opinion of Bell's, and I feel like most of what Bell's does is pretty top tier. I think so. This, when they do something that's not quite as top tier, it stands out more than if this was a startup brewery and this is the first IPA right. I had from them. I'd be like, well, eh, that wouldn't exactly. have been bad. I gave it a three point five on three point five on Untapped. Yeah. So anything that like you know, is, okay, it's decent, but it's not like you know, majorly standout. Like you know, yeah. if anything really stands out with me, it's three. 3.754 and high, you know, but this was just a 3.5 for me. It was just a basic kind of everyday kind of beer that, you know, you might have. I would right. say if this were a session IPA somewhere around 4%, I would say it's a standout because it's really drinkable. It's not harsh. Sure. Uh, it masks the hops pretty well. It does kind of have uh, an essence of a session IPA. It, it really does. does. It does without but being with a session. But with a slightly high ABV. Yeah, but it's got the malt, like the maltiness and sweetness of, a, of something at a higher ABV, which it is at 6%. But it, but like if it, if it's a recession beer, I think it would be a standout. But yeah, I don't know. It's all real. I know it's all relative, and you know, well, like we love the two hearted and all, but it's yeah. it's disappointing to say the least. Yeah, I expected more out of the source. And, I and, I, and I think this was the first one I had from Bell's after hearing about them oh, for, yeah. for you know the two weeks prior. Bell's is coming. Bell's is coming. And this right. is the first one I had the week prior. I'm just like. What was all the hype? I was like, like, yeah, okay. I was like, why are you taking up 10 taps at my local watering hole (laughs) when there could be other stuff on there at the moment? Yeah, maybe maybe they could have done a brown ale. Maybe they could have done a Goza or or something else. I don't know, something completely different than an IPA. It's it's hard. It's got to be really, really tough to make. Like I said, I know, like you said, I, uh, Lone Pint's doing that, and that's mm-hmm. great. But it's it's got to be a tough thing to pull off. Sure, you know, also does a really good single. Uh, I don't know if it's a single hop, but the small batch IPA series that you might not think of, Southern Star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, I've never had anything outside their uh, Buried Hatchet. Oh but, really? Oh, they got a lot of other good stuff. Yeah, I've never had anything else by them. They've, I mean, their obvi- their big one is obviously the Bombshell Blonde. Right. Yep. And but. If you can find stuff of their small batch stuff for being like such a, I guess they're a big brewery in Houston. Yeah, like, Conroe, uh, yep. Super distribution and everything. Yep. But they still kind of, quote unquote, keep it real in terms of their smaller stuff they put out. Really incredible. That is true. Yep. Yeah. Well, ratings. R- ratings. You want to go first, Leroy? Sure. I'd probably put this at about a th- 2.753. Ooh. Now, uh, you give me an ooh, but I, I try to think of a 2.5 as a middle instead of the instead of the 3.5 as a middle. I, I, I try to stay 2.5 as middle. Now, with craft beer, I don't 
towards that very often because most people are doing a great job of what they're doing. So it's very rare for me to go 2.5 and under. So I would say it's between like a a 2.75 and a 3.0 for me, just for everything we've talked about. One is that it's being compared to their, their... their landmark IPA. It's being compared to every other IPA out on the market. Sure. And even in terms of IPAs out there that are not hop forward, this one's not doing anything that is going to have me... The only reason I'm repeating it now is because you guys were reviewing it for the episode and we wanted to join in and be part of your review. Yep. Um, Kyle? I can't believe I'm asking this, but how high do you guys go on the... Uh, five. You go five. to five. Yeah. I, I gave it a 3.5 on Untapped, just kind of after all the stuff we've talked about. I may have to go down to a 3.25. Uh, I mean, I, I still put it over a three. I mean, it's, it's still nice. Like you said, if it was a session, it would definitely be on the, the top tier of the session IPAs. But it's but given the fact that I've had their big IPA, it doesn't hold as near as well as that does. So I'm, I'm going to have to go down from 3.5 to 3.25. I'm actually getting a little more of a grassy flavor out of it, as mine is. I'm getting towards the bottle of my pour, and it's not so icy. Say, as, it's warming up a little bit, which helps a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and, you know, obviously you don't want IPAs to be warm, but I think we got ours frosted almost. Yep. And I'm starting to get a little more grassy flavor out of it, which is helping a little bit. But it's not going to change my opinion too much. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a matter of whether you like that grassy flavor or not, like St. Arnold's uh, Fancy Lawnmower. I like the grassy flavor. It does remind me of a, a fresh-cut lawn. I actually like that flavor quite a bit. I do, too. Um, it's just a matter of your expectations. I, I've, I've marked a lot of beers on Untapped as, mmm, tastes like lawn clippings. And yeah. people, <laughs> people will be like, what? And I'm like, no, when, when, you, when you're in the IPA game, that's a good thing. Right. It can't be, yeah, it can be. It's all about expectations. Um, sure. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, so like, I, I like the fancy lawnmower. I love the, uh, although I hate mowing myself, I do enjoy that flavor. You do um, outsource that because you have big money. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I have contractors for that. Uh, I think it's just drink your beard and stare at them out in the, lo- out in the lawn yeah, as they mow. That's yes. right. I, I point at them, I yell at them with <laughs> megaphones. Um, I think uh, that beer, I mean, not to go harp on it too much, but it does represent what it's trying to be. Um, you know, like, I guess if you're going to talk, if you're going to make the, which I hate the declaration of the great state of Texas, and everything's bigger in Texas. I hate that crap so much. But if you're going to make the declaration of description, it should be a big, bold beer. This is not a big, bold beer. Uh, I am overwhelmingly disappointed by this beer to say the least i enjoyed the expedition stout a lot more it's a good beer it's not a bad beer it would be a great session beer if the abv were lower it would be a standout for sure um it's it's okay it's all right so i'm gonna roll with uh three out of five just all right yeah to me and you know ipas are my favorites so i'm always i always have high expectations for IB, or, uh, ipas and I had really high expectations for Bells. I've loved Bells. You know I've been anticipating know, Bells getting Bells here for like a year. I was very excited when they were coming here. And when they were going to make an exclusive beer, I was like, man, that's going to be awesome. And then we taste it, and I'm like, this is about as plain an average of an IPA as you can find. Yeah. Um, I really think you could get any session IPA to be about the same. I think you could get pretty much any... To me, this reminds me of like a startup brewery's first try on an yeah. IPA. I was like, just about to say, have yeah. you ever been to a brewery that they just started off and the only thing they have is the four plain right. styles that yeah. they, they're not stand out, right. but they're just they're getting their operation started and they've got like an IPA yep. and you know a porter and maybe like a Blondale and they 
Not necessarily, but the, there's always a similar. Yeah. There's nothing crazy about them. They just want to cover all the styles. Right. Yeah, they have and something it, for everyone. And hopefully expand right. past that. But when they just open up, they've got like four or five taps of standard yep. beers and nothing crazy or in- innovative. This could be absolutely. The beer. Yeah, yeah. So this is just a standard, generic IPA. It's nothing like the Two Hearted, which is a great standout IPA. They have so yeah. many standout beers. The Kalamazoo Stout's great. The Expedition's great. Um, the cherry stout I like better than they rated. I think you did too. Yeah. So for me, I have to give this just like you. Actually, I'm going to rate it a little bit lower. I'm going to say this is a 2.75 out of five. It's a little bit better than just flat mid range, but not a whole lot better. It, it there's nothing special about this at all. I would never seek it out, and I would never care about drinking it again, which is very unfortunate. Bells I give a five out of five, <laughs> but this I give 2.75 out so of five. So this morning. Well, thanks for listening to yet another episode of Bloods, episode 91. Uh, if you care to, you can listen to The Break Room at breakroom.tv. Uh, if you don't mind and you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, it helps us quite a bit. It doesn't help you, but it does help us. Check us out on social Thank networks. you for any reviews. Uh, tell Positive or negative, we'll take them. Tell us you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I occasionally snap the chats. If you have any feedback on the show, you can email us at brewbloods. If it's a social media platform, we got some presence probably. Yeah. Not very active, but yeah. Yeah. Call us at 469 573 or you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com. Where can they find the NTX Beer Podcast? I will let Kyle take care of that because, as I said, I only talk into the microphone. He does everything <laughs> else. <laughs> you can find us at basically NTB Pod. Uh, sorry. NTB Beer Pod uh, at Twitter, uh, at the Gmail, and. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, uh, one more beer than everyone else. Uh, <laughs> NTX Beer Pod uh, on Twitter, but Gmail. and Start to question if they're a real podcast. No, we are. We, I swear we are. <laughs> we'll get, do a Google search for North Texas Beer Podcast, and eventually we're going to have a uh, – you'll find us. We'll have an Instagram eventually, too. Again, we're not the biggest. I, I'm trying to get better on being better on the social media, but – when, when you're the only person doing everything, it's yeah. kind of hard. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Right there with you. <laughs> so we're going to sign off, and thank you, Brew Bloods, Thanks for, for joining us yeah, for absolutely. the crossover for episode. And it was really great to do a little bit different from our perspective. Yeah. We did the interview with you, and then we did the, the beer review, which I haven't done before. Uh, obviously, I, I leave my comments on Untapped and whatever, sure. and sometimes I get fancy and flowery, and sometimes I'm just all like, me-like. And I'm done. <laughs> right. But it was good to kind of, uh, you know, chit-chat about drinking a beer. Because we don't do that on our, our podcast very much. I think the extent of it is that when we start off the episode, we talk about what beer we're drinking and give like a quick one or two word about it. And then we get into the interview. Unless it's our other podcast, Retro Brew, which we're talking about other podcasts with retro video games. And yes, we give our opinions on the beer. <laughs> we do talk about the beer a little more on those, but but North Texas Beer Podcast. Google is, that is, one too. Yeah. To find it. Safety. Yeah, <laughs> we don't know the Twitter feed for that one either. No, it's the same. <laughs> right. But yeah, we we love doing this, and hopefully we guys can keep up with you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us. All right. Take care, everybody. Catch you guys later. Probst. Probst. Prost. Prost. Prost.